the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tears Sweet land of liberty of Beyonce. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob. Mr. Speaker, the George of the United States. Where the hell do these people come from? Why would you want some, what you're, you're, some guy to shaking his junk in your three-year-old daughter's face? What's the matter with you? Now, listen in to George and his cabinet on Monday Night Roundtable. Good Thursday morning. George Satari here sitting in for Bob France with the Monday Night Roundtable team on Always Right Radio. George Satari, Dakota Sawyer. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, Cleveland. All right. And other co-host, Steve Krause. How you doing? Hey, good evening, George. It's great to be here in the AM <laughs> instead of the P. Well... You know, sometimes yeah, it just we, doesn't. We just got to bed. So yeah, you know, I just a... got to bed and got up. So traffic was a little heavy coming in, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, then when we left here the last time, too, uh, Bob was gracious enough to let us sit in on um, on Always Right Radio a couple months ago. We left here, and it's like, why is it so light outside? We're, we're <laughs> why always, is everything open? <laughs> why we're always used to operating at the dark. Oh, yeah, we had choices on what restaurants to go eat at we're, after the right, show. Right, we sure did, sure did. So... Again, we want to thank Bob France for allowing us to sit in, the Monday Night Roundtable team. And we're cleverly named Monday Night Roundtable because we are on Monday evenings 
at 7 to 9 p.m. on Sister Station 1220 WHKW. Is, hey. that, on, is that on Monday night? Monday night. Monday night. Oh, Monday every night. Monday night? That's why I cleverly <laughs> named it that way. Oh, who would have thought? I know. I just didn't want to confuse our audience. I just said they, Monday night roundtable. There you go. <laughs> so, again, we want to thank Bob. And, um, you know, we have a little technical difficulty here. So we're going to skip the pledge for a minute. And we're going to talk about some issues of the day. Obviously, the 800-pound uh, elephant uh, or gorilla in the room is what's going on in Israel. And a tragic, tragic, tragic. It's disgusting what... Uh, is, is happening to the poor Israeli citizens there. And Dakota, I want you to tell us what happened yesterday afternoon in the State House in Columbus vis a vis the resolution supporting Israel. Yeah, so uh, yesterday in the Ohio House of Representatives, there was a resolution uh, co joint sponsored by uh, Representative Pizzuli and Representative Isaac Senna's House Resolution 292 to express support for the Israeli people uh, out of. Uh, the members there, there were 87 members of the Ohio House out of 99 present uh, in session yesterday, uh, and 86 of them supported the resolution to support the Israeli people, uh, all mostly Republicans and Democrats, and only one lone Democrat uh, voted no on the resolution to support give us the that, Give us her name. Uh, her name is Representative Abdu, uh, Abdu Bali. Uh, and she is from the Franklin County area, the Columbus region, mm-hmm. uh, and she voted no on the uh, on the Israeli resolution. And she puts out this tweet as to my heart hurts for all the innocent lives lost and the violence and the occupation. Beware of the su- supplication of the oppressed, for there is no barrier between it and God is what she puts out. Uh, and she releases a statement that she's standing in solidarity with the Palestinians. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, so she uh, is a Hamas supporter mm-hmm. uh, and is supporting Hamas uh, in their siege against Israel. Uh, and so she is, you know, uh, advocating uh, for, you know, these these kind of things uh, in the Ohio House and as a member of the Ohio House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, um, you know, many members of the House have have. You know, said what she did was, you know, not, it was not good and doesn't represent the majority of the Ohio legislature. Uh, and it, it just goes to show, you know, how many people are really in the Ohio House that aren't supporting the best interests of the people. Well, I've got a question. Does it represent her, her constituents of Franklin County? It might, because a very liberal district that probably encompasses Ohio State and stuff. And, um, she was just elected, I believe, last term. Is that correct, Dakota? Yes, she, she was. She's a freshman state representative. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, unfortunately, I will not be allowed to speak on my reasonings. This vote does not imply that I do not stand and pray for Jewish lives lost, but I cannot stand with a resolution that ignores and calls them the, uh, the flight of Palestinian people. Uh, and actually, uh, Representative Josh Williams from the Toledo area called her out and said, stop lying to the voters. Our House rules require a member who wants to speak to rise and respectfully address the speaker. I was present. You did not rise nor address the speaker. Therefore, you were denied the right to speak uh, and told her Therefore, to stop you're, lying. you were not denied the right to speak. Uh, yes. Right. You were not denied the right to speak. She refused to stand and give any comments uh, on the House floor debating her reasons why she stood against the resolution, uh, like any member of the House is able to do on any piece of legislation that the House is voting on. They can peacefully you know stand up and address the speaker and be heard uh and address their concerns or you know queries about about the, a certain piece of legislation or in this case the resolution to support the israeli people right and uh you know interesting enough uh, again that the topic is is uh, talked about a lot and 
And generally, on Monday Night Roundtable, we, we don't get to be that topical because we're only on once a week. But now, uh, having a Thursday morning show, uh, courtesy of Bob, we get to talk about uh, some of the issues as they pop up during the day. What I want to say is, um, you know, there's so many broadcasts, and I usually listen to the Salem Network all day, whether it's Gorka or, or uh, Dennis Prager or, you know, obviously Bob France. But what I want to say is, and I haven't heard this, but again, I read a lot, I listen to a lot, but has anybody analyzed the size of Israel as a country? Most people don't really have that perspective. I actually looked it up. Israel is 20% the size of the state of Ohio. Wow, 20% of Ohio? 20% with a population of 9.5 million compared to our 11 million. So if we extrapolate that, that would be approximately 45 to 50 million people living in the state of Ohio, you know, density-wise. The size of Gaza Strip is about the size of twice the size of Cleveland or maybe the size of Cuyahoga County. And they have a population of, I believe, the number said 2.5 million. So could you imagine um, 12 million people crammed into an area uh, one twentieth the size of Ohio. So when they talk about going to war, and uh, Israel is mobilizing the reserves, 350,000 reservists, and they already have an army of 150,000, that's 500,000 soldiers in, the, in an area the size, 20% size of Ohio. So there's going to be, it's, it's going to be chaos for, uh, I, I can't envision it, less than six months anyhow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I just want people to put that in perspective. And again, I've never heard it uh, put that way. Uh, again, I listen. we listen to a lot of shows. Steve, you listen to a lot of shows, podcasts, uh, read a lot of things, and we just can't keep up on top of ev- everything. I don't know if anybody has actually addressed that issue uh, or that situation. I think it's an interesting perspective because, you know, Ohio is not that big of a state to begin with. Right. So. Hey, uh, but, you know, outside of that, if people want to call in on the issue, the number here is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. Uh, Dakota and Steve, why don't you tell us about the guests we're going to have in the next uh, two and a half hours? Sure. Well, we're, first we got coming up a uh, gentleman by the name of Thomas, uh, and I believe his last name's Havlin. Yes. And uh, we had him on Monday night show. He he did a uh, expose former military guy, former contractor, who uh, did an expose with embalmers. He did an actual survey on these white blood clots that have been found since 2021, since the COVID injection. The I don't want to call it a vaccine because it really isn't. They changed the definition of vaccine. Uh, it was actually, and I believe, a bioweapon, and it's caused all sorts of different uh, uh, adverse reactions and and I believe uh, a lot of deaths. So, anyways, we're going to have Tom on at nine twenty five, and he's going to explain to us what uh, the uh, what he has found out, which is shocking, and uh, how uh, uh, embalmers around the world have found these these clots when they're trying to embalm the bodies. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and, and another reason we're having him in is because. Uh, Saturday morning, he will be speaking at Medina County Friends and Neighbors. That's correct. Nine o'clock in the morning um, at uh, the Thirsty Cowboy. Uh, a good friend, Lisa Woods, uh, 
at the intersection of Route 18 and I-71, so he'll be speaking about that in person, live, and he will have um, you know some of the clots there in person. But we're going to have him out for you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, to have him give us the lowdown mm-hmm. of how this happened. Yeah, and uh, continuing on, we have uh, Terry Smith, our wordsmith, mm-hmm. who's been on Monday Night Roundtable plenty of times before, giving us a, a good rendition of uh, a speech by Winston Churchill. Uh, and, you know, Terry is always good at, you know, a good orator uh, and, you know, very good at, you know, the speeches that he memorizes and gives. So we'll be having him at the uh, 945. Right. That's old, the never given speech, I believe, by cor- Winston Churchill. Correct. Very, very good uh, speech. Uh, and so Terry will be giving that speech uh, 945. And, and, and just morning. to reiterate, he won't be reading it. He'll be reciting it. So it's, it's hard. And, you know, we hear him at so many live events where he stands there and recites. But. On the radio, you can't tell that he's reciting. You can say, well, he's just reading it. But he's a great orator, a wordsmith, uh, an actor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, he enlivens so many events with uh, his rendition of various speeches, whether it's John Kennedy or Abraham Lincoln or um, some of our other founding fathers, Patrick Henry. Uh, Dakota, tell us who else we're going to have. Yeah, so at the ten, top of the hour at 10 o'clock, we'll be having uh, ch- the chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party, Christina Caramo. Uh, she'll be joining us to talk about their upcoming event with U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. And who was not able to join us. Who is not able to join us, but we're hopefully we can get him on for Monday's show on Monday Night Roundtable. Uh, but she will be joining us along with uh, one of the speakers at the Fall Festival uh, who is my new boss, uh, State Representative Neil Frisky um, from the state of uh, Michigan. He, he's a state representative for District 107 in the state of Michigan, uh, representing the people down in Lansing. Uh, and so he will also be joining us here on Always Right Radio at the t- top of the hour with 10 o'clock. Are you jumping ship to go to become a Michigander? I, I am. What uh, is that all about? I, you better not root for Michigan. I, not, I, I, I told Neil, I said, you know, look, I said, I'll, I, will, I will come and work in Michigan, but I said I cannot root for that team. So that's just a, that's like a no-go for me. You're a good Buckeye. Yeah, exactly. You know, you could take the Buckeye out of Ohio, but you can't take the Ohio out of a Buckeye. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. Then at 1030, we're going to have the coerced nurse, uh, Daniel Baker. Uh, she was scheduled to be on last time we mm-hmm. were ho- right. special hosting this show. And she actually had an adverse reaction to the uh covid-19 uh jab mm-hmm. and she, her doctor has identified that quote unquote vaccine i hate using that term as the cause of her condition now and she's actually suing the um i believe it's the ohio um um hospice it, 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 it's the, it's her employer who is uh, self-employed self-insured for workers' comp purposes. Right, right. So, but it is a workers' comp issue. Her doctors, as indicate, her neurological condition is due to the jab. So that's going to be interesting because that court, that case goes to arbitration or court or wherever it goes in January. January 11th. And again, Danielle was supposed to call in, but she had an episode and she was not able to call right. in. Right, and it, just for our listeners to know, she's like a young woman uh, in her uh, maybe early 40s and all of a sudden, Boom. Mm-hmm. She was coerced into taking this. They they basically, you know, and it's kind of funny. Everybody's saying, well, we didn't mandate it. We didn't mandate it. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you yes, did. you were. Um, so, 
And uh, she's going to be on, and that's going to be very telling because, you know, we did talk on Monday night, and if people want to go back and listen to the broadcast, we have talked about, uh, and we had a special guest on too that talked about how you can uh, detoxify from the spike protein. So there's a lot of that good information. I don't know if we'll get into it today. Yeah, Bob, Bob has had uh, Dr. McCullough on oh, yeah. several so, times. So, and so, Dr., so, right. Um, so there's a lot of good information out there about how if you did, if you, you know, I took the jab, now what? Mm-hmm. Well, there is something you can do to help improve your condition. Right. Uh, we had a meeting the other night, and you espoused on that eloquently, yeah. mm-hmm. what one can do to start detoxifying, whether it works 100%, whether... You know, we, we don't really know how, how long the jab is in one system. And then you also get into sh- issues of sh- shedding, people that are constantly getting updates and they're shedding on you through their pores, through their uh, coughing or sneezing or whatever. Right. Sne- and they're basically spreading the the ill effects of the jab onto you. Well, and we also talked about the insanity that a lot of governments around the world have stopped giving the MNRA uh uh, vaccines because it's causing problems. It's hurting people, except the United States. Why is the Biden administration doubling and tripling down, telling people to go out and take this vaccine today that is actually for a variant of COVID-19 that's no longer exists, that extincts, that has nothing to do with the one that's circulating now, and six year, six months old and up, Mm-hmm. When we know that people, and there was a report today, there was another football player who, a uh, young high school kid, just, uh, I think it was Connecticut, he fell over, uh, and they said he fainted. So why did they perform cardiac arrest? I mean, why did they perform, uh, you know, CPR. CPR on him? Well, it was because he was in cardiac arrest and he died. He was oh, he 15 years wow. old. Oof. So, I mean, wh- what what is going on here? And why is our government still encouraging us to take something harmful. Yeah, as the old saying says, something don't smell right. So uh, if it smells like a fish or if it smells like a dead fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this really stinks. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, this is the Monday Night Roundtable team. I'm always right radio. George Satari, Dakota Sawyer, Steve Krause. Um, we'll be having our guests. We'll be waiting for your calls at 216-901-0945. We are having a little bit of little bit of technical difficulties plus we're not used to a different studio and you know different producer and obviously always right radio has a great production staff here and uh, we're just sort of interlopers but again we want to thank bob for allowing us to to come in and um we are waiting for um our calls to come in and i know that there's a different break so are, are we ready for a break yet i still can't hear anything but um steve uh Okay, break time. All right. We'll be right back after these messages on uh, Always Right. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Good morning, George Satari and the Monday Night Roundtable team back here on Always Right Radio. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties. Now we're back. Everything's. I coming. can hear you. I can hear you. Plus <laughs> I can more, hear you. More importantly, we got our coffee and donuts in between <laughs> to get that caffeine yeah. and sugar to keep us going. I, I'm telling you what, the chocolate donuts with that cream in the inside Ooh. and that. Hey, that was mine. You oh. I can't believe you took it. But hey, you, you, got you a little, turned your back. I did. I did. We got a little bit off schedule. We did not have the Pledge of Allegiance, as Bob has every morning. So now that we could actually hear, get some feedback. We'd like to start this second segment with the Pledge of Allegiance. Please 
rise. And all you terrorists and Hamas supporters and old football players, just take a knee or lay down and just be quiet. So, and, patri- it, and if you're in your car, don't try to rise. Right. Just so put your hand over. Americans your- say the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, great. Uh, So we have our screen back up and running here, so we see our guests are calling in. So we do have Tom Haviland, our first guest. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for waiting patiently. Uh, We had some technical difficulties, but thanks for waiting. And um, tell us uh, what you discovered, what you found, and where you're going to be speaking on Saturday morning. Good morning, Tom Haviland. Welcome to Always Right Radio. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Um, I'll I'll be speaking this Saturday at the Thirsty Cowboy in Medina uh, for the uh, Medina County uh, Friends and Neighbors group from Mm -hmm. Lisa Lisa Woods' group. So looking forward to that. That starts at uh, 9 a.m. I think Bernie Moreno is going to be the first speaker, and I'm going to talk about these white fibrous clots. All right, tell us us what you found, how you found them, uh, what you learned, and uh, you got about 10, 10, 12 minutes here, and... uh... Okay. Give, us a, give us a great rundown. Well, it all started. I watched that film Died Suddenly when it came out last uh, Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving, November. And in that movie, a uh, embalmer, Mr. Wallace Hooker, was was speaking at an Ohio Embalmers Association conference in Columbus, Ohio, on the 26th of October of last year. And he uh, showed photographs of these white fibrous clots that he's been pulling out of his corpses for the last two years. And he asked a whole room of embalmers, are you seeing these same white fibrous clots? And he said almost the entire room of 100 embalmers raised their hands saying, yes, they were. He then asked them, well, when did you start seeing these clots? And they all said right, right around uh, 2021 after the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. So I thought that was an amazing statement in that movie, and it led me to the creation of a worldwide embalmer blood clot survey that I conducted in the United States, Canada, U.K., Australia, and New Zealand. I sent... Uh, uh, emails out to uh, 1,700 funeral homes all over the world. I actually surveyed the um, presidents of the uh, state funeral director associations for the 30 most populated states in the United States, asking them to send a survey down to uh, all the members of their organizations. You know, each of those organizations has hundreds of members and their organizations under each of the states. So I tried to maximize the number of results that I could. And uh, I would have liked to have gotten three or 400 results. I only did get 179 res- responses. I think uh, embalmers are a little bit skittish about answering the survey. Well, I think anybody's but, uh, skittish about answering anything today about any, anything controversial. Yeah, well, they, so. you know, they see doctors getting their licenses pulled, certifications taken away. And, and some of the funeral homes may have actually directed their embalmers to take the COVID-19 vaccine, so they may not want to participate in a survey that could potentially link the vaccines to the clot, <laughs> especially if they mandated them on their own employees. But I did get 179 responses, gentlemen, to the survey, and of those, 119 embalmers, almost exactly two-thirds, 66%, are indeed seeing these strange white fibrous clots in their corpses. The next uh, important question I asked them is, well, when did you start seeing these clots? And there were about uh, 44 of the embalmers uh, that responded that said they did start seeing the clots in 2020, which was a year that we had COVID but no vaccines yet. And that kind of makes sense because the COVID virus itself has a spike protein on its surface. 
and that spike protein can lead to the formation of what's called amyloid proteins or misshaped or misfolded proteins that then can uh, start clotting up the body. And they become hard for our bodies to break down. We all have a natural enzyme called plasmin that breaks down normal clotting, but if the clot's misshapenly folded, it becomes difficult for that enzyme plasmin to attach. And then Tom, the if, I, tends Tom to if, I, if I could ask a question, prior yeah. to COVID or prior to the jab, uh, can we say that um, there were none of these fibrous uh, uh, things in the bloodstream found prior to that? There was no indication. That, that is the main consensus of embalmers, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Right. In, okay. the, in the past, embalmers are familiar with two other types of clots, jelly clots, also called current jelly clots or, or grape jelly clots. And those are those dark red clots, you know, made out of congealed blood that dissolve easily in your hands, just like jelly if you rub mm-hmm. them in your hands. Right. There's also other clots they've been seeing forever called chicken fat clots, which are uh, small, little fatty clots, yellowish in color, and they're smaller and they tear very easily. Mm-hmm. Quite different from these large, white, fibrous clots that are very tough, l- large, long, and tough. So we tried to distinguish that in the instructions of the survey to make sure that the embalmers didn't get confused in their responses. So what we think, what happened in 2021, though, uh, we had a much larger number of the embalmers say they were seeing the white, fibrous clots in 2021, 2022, and 2023. And we believe this is uh, being caused by a supercharging effect of the vaccines. Because as you know, the vaccines were supposed to stay in your upper arm, in your deltoid muscle, and produce just enough of the spike protein to elicit an immune response to get you ready for COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to do that for just a few days to a week and then be gone out of your system. But we now know that's not what happened at all. That vaccine goes all over your body, turning your whole body into a spike protein factory, and they have found that doing that from not just a few days to a week, but months at a time. So the scientists that I've talked to believe that it supercharged the effect of the formation of these white fibrous clots. So the, le- the last key question that we asked the embalmers was, what percentage of your corpses are you seeing these white fibrous clots in? And gentlemen, this is where I think I got the most shocking answer. Of the 119 embalmers that said they were seeing the white fibrous clots, 39 of them said they were seeing the clots between 1% to 20% of their corpses. Another 29 embalmers said they were seeing the clots between 21 to 40% of their corpses. There was another 30 embalmers said they're seeing these white fibrous clots between 41 to 60% of their corpses. And then there were 17 embalmers that said they were seeing them between 61 to 80% of their corpses. Wow. But this is not a rare phenomenon. The embalmers, and it doesn't cover just uh, the elderly. It's in every age group that they're, they're seeing in, in the corpses they, they see. I've seen these white fibrous clots. So this is a serious problem. I, um, in January, when I had the USA portion of the survey completed, I submitted the results to the FDA. They had a meeting of their Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee on the 26th of January of this year, and I actually asked to speak at that meeting. They had an hour set aside for oral presentations, uh, but there was a, too many speakers. A, uh, there was a lottery ensued. I was not selected as one of the speakers. But I did submit a written package of the results of the survey of the USA portion at that time. And I did get a tracking number from the FDA. But since then, gentlemen, crickets. Nothing from the FDA. They were you know, bu- here we they are were in busy. October. Yeah, they, I mean, they've, you know, they've, they've shown no interest in investigating this, you know, because the survey results show a very strong temporal link between the timing of when the vaccines came out and the appearance for most embalmers of these white fibrous clots. Hey, hey Tom, Steve Kraus here, and we we only have a couple more minutes, and we got to bring our next guest on. And I really appreciate you coming back on on short notice like this. Uh, two things, real quick. 
Uh, could you, you and I didn't get a chance to go through your bio and tell everybody how you spent a career in the military and retired as a major, and then spent another career as a uh, uh, a contractor, DOD contractor, and then abruptly your career ended because you refused to take the jab. So uh, could you just touch on that for a moment? And then also as a side question, I just saw a, uh, an article this morning about a Connecticut high schooler dies after fainting at football practice. And, um, you know, I reposted it. I don't know if this gentleman took the vaccine or not, but they said he wasn't doing any drills. And they say he fainted, but yet the police and the emergency personnel were doing CPR. Now, I'm not sure. That's kind of weird that you do CPR on somebody who just fainted. I mean, I'm ex-military, too, and I understand when you apply CPR, and it's not when somebody's just, you know, unconscious. So uh, if you could comment on those two things real quick, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Um, you know, I, I uh, served in the U.S. Air Force for 20 years, retired as a major, then spent 16 years as a defense contractor working with the Air Force. I've worked with uh, terrific aircraft like the F-16 Raptor, or the F-20, excuse me, the F-16 Falcon, the F-22 Raptor, and the F-117 Stealth Fighter. I have a math, uh, bachelor's in math from Ohio State University. I have a, a bachelor's in electrical engineering from Louisiana Tech University and a master's in computer resources and information management from Webster University in St. Louis. And I want to key on that. Your information management, that's why you did this uh, a poll with the uh, um, embalmers, correct? Yeah, I'm a math and data guy. I love data. And that's one of the reasons I didn't take the vaccine is I was looking at data that was coming out of the U.K. in the fall of 2021, and I saw hundreds of thousands of cases of breakthrough cases of COVID amongst the fully vaccinated. Plus, I was also seeing all this information coming out about these negative side effects, and that led me to a logical, mathematical, data-driven conclusion not to get the vaccine. So you used common sense based on data, sound data, to make a... Uh, Just like our government does. A, 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 a logical decision not to take the vaccine. And your employers did what? Well, I, I got fired. <laughs> An email came out in uh, early October uh, from a three-star three Air Force general telling us the dates we had to get the jabs by or else get kicked out. I was a defense, defense contractor working at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, at the time. And I, for the reasons I just discussed, as well as the, the lack of ethics here, you know, the violation of the Nuremberg Code, asking you to take an experimental drug against your, your wishes, I sent an email back to the general saying, shame on you. Instead of standing up for our right to decide for ourselves whether or not to take an experimental drug, you chose to spend your time and, trying to guilt us and, and take it. And who did you send you. that to besides the general? I sent that to all 30,000 people at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio. And what happened to your $160,000, $170,000 a year job? I was called by my employer about a half hour after I sent the email, which I knew was going to happen, and I was fired from my job for embarrassing the general in front of 30,000 employees. So I want all the listeners to understand something. You are a career military man. You retired as a major honorably you spent another almost two decades as a dod contractor honorably covid happens the jab happens you're a data guy you're not a fly-by-night nobody you're a somebody who's been in the i would almost say the belly of the beast you make an informed just rational decision and you lose your job and you you kind of expected it didn't you I did. I did. But, you know, none of the colonels, none of the generals were pushing back on the Joe Biden unlawful mandates. 
It's a total violation of the Nuremberg Code, and, and as, as I said, the data did not support it. Hey, so Tom, just, uh, you know, totally we, we want to keep the audience hanging. We want them to come out uh, Saturday morning to Medina County, friends and neighbors at uh, Doors Open at 8, uh, have some fellowship, have some donuts, uh, strategize. You're going to be speaking there Saturday morning at 9 a.m. at the Thirsty Cowboy intersection of I-71 and Route 18. You will have samples of this fibrous material. You will have a little bit longer story. So people come out, ask some tough questions, ask some good questions, learn, and and look at these uh, samples of this fibrous material and try to understand what's going on with the jab. Hey, Tom, we're going to see you Saturday morning. Dakota and I will be there. And uh, thanks for calling in on Always Right Radio with Bob France. All right. So um, I think we have a few minutes before our next break. And we're going to bring in Terry Smith, our wordsmith, our thespian, our orator. Hey, Terry, thanks for holding so patiently. Welcome to um, Always Right. I always want to say Monday Night Roundtable. Welcome to uh, Always Right Radio. Thank you, George. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you guys. All right, yeah, sorry we, we missed you last time when we were hosting because I know you had some uh, business commitments, but here you are, footloose and fancy-free. Uh, tell us uh, what you're going to be reciting. And, again, I want to point out to the audience, Terry recites this. He doesn't read this. It's always very impressive when he's in studio with us or when I see Terry at various events. Tell us what you're going to be reciting, uh, short, you know, the short um, uh, Winston Churchill okay. version. Thank you for that, George. Um going to be doing Winston Churchill's Never Give In speech that he gave appropriately enough October of 1941. So it's, uh, I think what the listener should get from this, as, as I do, is not only sometimes do we have to fight for what we have with sword, but we have to, most of us, fight with pen. We have to find out what we believe in and, and fight for it and never give in to, you know, the opposition and... We don't know where we're going to come out all the time, whether it's physically in battle or morally in our writings, and you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat. But uh, so by listening, you know, the words of this speech, I think, forces, presses upon us the importance of finding what we believe in and fight for it. In this case, with in our case, usually with pen. Yeah, that, so, uh, that makes sense. Uh, but and again, that's get, that's our motto at, uh, and, and you know, the title of the speech is, is our motto at Monday Night Roundtable. And, you know, it's basically the motto of uh, Bob at Always Right Radio, never give in, never give up. So he gave this in October and, and had, had already gone through the Blitz, and he gives us at his childhood home, a boarding school, Harrow School, north uh, London. He had visited there, you know, the during the Blitz, and then now he's there again in, in October after we've got the Lend-Lease program, and things are looking a little better for England, believe it or not, even though we just got into the war in 1941, but... So if, uh, I'll just go ahead and get, I know you're kind of probably short on time. I want to get to it. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So, uh, um, all right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Harold School students and faculty, family and friends, almost a year has passed since I came down here at your headmaster's kind invitation in order to cheer myself and cheer the hearts of a few of my friends by singing some of our own songs. The 10 months that have passed have seen very terrible catastrophic events in the world, ups and downs, misfortunes. But can anyone sitting here this afternoon, this October afternoon, not feel deeply thankful for what has happened in the time that has passed and for the very great improvement in the position of our country and of our home? Why, when I was here last time, we were quite alone, desperately alone, and we've been so for five or six months. 
We were poorly armed. We are not so poorly armed today, but then we were very poorly armed. We had the unmeasured menace of the enemy and their air attacks still beating upon us. And you yourselves that have experience of this attack, and I expect you are beginning to feel impatient that there has been this long lull with nothing particular turning up. But we must learn to be equally good at what is short and sharp and what is long and tough. It is generally said that the British are often better at the last. They do not expect to move from crisis to crisis. They do not always expect that each day will bring up some noble chance of war. But when they very slowly make up their minds that the thing has to be done and the job put through and finished, then, even if it takes months, if it takes years, they do it. Another lesson I think we may take, just throwing our minds back to our meeting here 10 months ago and now, is that appearances are often very deceptive. And as Kipling well says, we must meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. You cannot tell from appearances how things will go. Sometimes imagination makes things out far worse than they are, yet without imagination, not much can be done. Those people who are imaginative see many more dangers than perhaps exist, certainly many more than will happen. But then they must also pray to be given that extra courage to carry this far-reaching imagination. But for everyone, surely, what we have gone through in this period, I'm addressing myself to the school, surely from this period of 10 months, this is the lesson. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. We stood all alone a year ago, and to many countries it seemed that our account was closed. We were finished. All this tradition of ours, our school history, our songs, this part of the history of our country, all were gone and finished and liquidated. Very different is the mood today. Britain and other nations thought had drawn a sponge across their slate. But instead, our country stood in the gap. There was no flinching, no thought of giving in. And by what seemed almost a miracle to those outside these islands, though we ourselves never doubted it, we now find ourselves in a position where I say we can be sure that we have only to persevere to conquer. You sang here the verse of a school song. You sang that extra verse written in my honor, which I was very greatly complimented by and which you have repeated here today. But there is one word in it I would like to alter. I wanted to do so last year, but I did not venture to. It is the line, not lest we praise in darker days. I've obtained the headmaster's permission to alter darker to sterner. Do not let us speak of darker days. Let us speak rather of sterner days. These are not dark days. These are great days. The greatest days our country has ever lived. And we must all thank God that we have been allowed, each of us, according to our stations, to play a part in making these days memorable in the history of our race. And so, in God's mercy, thank you very much. <clears throat> yeah, that was Terry Smith. Uh, thank you. That, that was great. Uh, again, I, I like that. Um, we're living in darker days, but uh, it's actually sterner days. And who knows what kind of sterner days we're going to have upon us. But I like the, the obviously the one line, never give in, never give up, never give up, never give up. And um, 
uh, that, that's what that's the model everybody in our country needs to face today because it's just so important yeah. to um, be strong, be strong in our faith, be strong with our country, our republic, believe in Republican ideals, and believe that uh, darker days are sterner days, and it'll give us uh, more backbone, make us stronger, and give us more strength. So mm-hmm. again, Terry, uh, thanks for those wonderful words yeah. from Winston Churchill. Thank you, George. All right. Just, uh, one last note I wanted to say that, you know, Charles Krauthammer had words. He, he mentioned Churchill as being the most indispensable person of the 20th century because of, uh, you know, what he did during World War II. So have a good show, George. Right. Great. Talk Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Terry. Hey, this is uh, Always Right Radio, uh, Monday Night Roundtable crew sitting in for Bob France. And uh, we're going to have some uh, commercial breaks and uh, we'll be right back. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob Frank. Mr. Speaker. The George of the United States. Where the hell do these people come from? Why would you want some, what you're, you're, some guy to shake his junk in your three-year-old daughter's face? What's the matter with you? Now, listen in to George and his cabinet on Monday Night Roundtable. Hey, good morning, All Right Radio. This is Steve Krause, uh, George Satari, Dakota Sawyer, and Don Larson sitting in for Bob. Bob, thank you, wherever you Steve, are. Steve, we need four of us to substitute for Bob. I, I know, Bob is... Those Bob are, is equal to four guests, on, four the, co- hosts on Monday Night Roundtable. That's right, that's right. We are, we are the host of Monday Night Roundtable that is cleverly named Monday Night because we have it every Monday night on Sister Station... 1220 a.m. Uh, from 7 to 9 on Monday night. Yes, yes. 7 to 9 p.m. on Monday night. And we have guests. We've been doing it for five years now. George, and you you graciously invited me to start five years ago, and I brought Dakota along, and then Don joined us, and uh, we've had a great crew. And uh, we, we bring things into light that, or we talk about things. We'll talk about news, news, but... We try to bring stuff in that isn't necessarily being talked about, that should be being talked about, and that's going to be what I'm going to talk about right now. It's called ProjectDynamo.org. Now, if you have a pen and paper, if you have a P, uh, give you time, I'm going to give this again, ProjectDynamo, D-Y-N-A-M-O.org. They are a group of Americans who helped get Americans out of Afghanistan after the debacle of the Biden administration, just kind of basically leaving $80 billion worth of military equipment. And I don't know how many Americans and Afghans that were sympathetic and helped out us and left them there for the Taliban to do whatever with. Well, they have been going into, they are actually in Israel now, but Mm -hmm. this is, I'm going to play a clip of one of the members, he's actually flying in there, and I want you to hear what he has to say 
about it's very interesting they a lot of american families a lot of americans are trapped in israel's i just a good friend of mine sister was in jerusalem when all this occurred and i just got word this morning that she not only did they contact project dynamo to get out and project dynamo has like three aircraft they're trying to get out like 500 different people and they're looking for donations if you want to help get americans out of jerusalem out of harm's way out of israel then go to projectdynamo.org. But we're going to play this clip because it was very interesting, and I actually watched the video. I'm sorry you're not going to be able to see it. But he's sitting in a row in the, in the aircraft, and the ro- it's, it's going to Israel, and, and the airplane's empty, almost almost completely empty. Nobody wants to go right now. Yeah, I wouldn't but, think so. But yet he's volunteered to go. So, Mr. Producer, can you play that clip? It's about a minute and a half. Hey, it's uh, Brian from Dynamo. I'm in Atlanta on my way to London and then Tel Aviv. Uh, coach, but I got an aisle seat, and uh, hopefully no one's next to me, we hope. Um, we're on our way to Israel for Operation Promised Land to rescue Americans that are stuck in Israel. We are inundated with requests. We need uh, uh, we're, uh, we need a lot of things. Uh, we need this war to stop. It's the first thing that we need. But uh, until that happens, we need funding. We need funding real bad. We have at least four plane loads of American citizens. State Department is asking us for help. I don't know how that happens. Um, good that we're talking to each other, which is nice, but um, uh, they're, <laughs> they're looking to give us names of Americans that we can get out uh, on donor money. So uh, we're not political. Uh, and this isn't about politics, this is about Americans. Uh, and because of that, we need your help. Please donate. Uh, at least I'm not middle seat, which is nice. I was middle seat, coach, back seat, no recline on the last leg. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this one isn't too bad. But, um, but uh, this war is getting worse, not better. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's going to continue to get worse, I think. And the name of the game is Speed, Speed, Speed. If you can donate, do so. If you need help, register Dynamo. All right, that's projectdynamo.org. And that was like two, I think it would be three days ago now. But Dakota, you got an update on this. Yeah, uh, Cong- Florida Congressman Corey Mills yesterday had a post that he was in Israel uh, with Project Dynamo evacuating U.S. citizens like they did it. He was also there. Uh, Congressman Mills was there in Afghanistan evacuating Americans, um, and now he's in Israel with the same team uh, evacuating Americans from Israel. Uh, and so, you know, Florida Congressman, he's former, you know, uh, it used to serve in the army, uh, and now you know he's uh, calling upon his you know people to help evacuate people from Israel. Dakota, Steve, you know what I find fascinating? <clears throat> he's saying the State Department is asking for his help. We needed private individuals to help evacuate people stuck in Afghanistan. Now in Israel, what the heck is our government doing? What? It's led by the inept, degenerate communist-loving, socialist himself, progressive Joe Biden, who doesn't give a fig about American security, American citizens, private citizens have to do the job of the State Department. How big is the State Department budget? $10 billion, $50 billion, $100 billion, plus all the ancillary resources of the DOD? What the hell is going on here? What, what kind of third-world banana republic are we devolving to quicker and quicker? Well, I think you, you, you just hit the nail on the head. 
third world banana republic is what we've become. Our government will send $100 billion to Ukraine, but can't rescue five or 600 Americans out of uh, Israel? Right, and releasing all that money to Iran and uh, uh, Joe, Uncle Joe Stalin, I mean, Uncle Joe Biden did not agree to refreeze that $6 billion. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going on? Well, what, what is the, when are the American people going to wake up? Yeah, sure, we all you know love our comforts. We all love our sports and our picnics and our family. That's important for a community, For but our republic is deteriorating in front of our eyes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I've just come to mind that, you know, all the bribes that Bi- the Biden family, the crime family took over the years from China and Ukraine and also, although, I mean, t- it was $10 million at one time. It's probably a lot more than that. Uh, why does the Joe just donate some money to this uh, projectdynamo.org? projectdynamo.org, and help get these Americans out. Because then he can't buy himself some more homes and pay $15,000 a month rent for his son. Right. In a nice place in Santa Monica or wherever he's ensconced at. It's disgusting. And we won't even talk about the gun charges that were dropped against uh, Hunter Biden. That's another story. But uh, Dakota's going to get to our next guest. But before we do that, I do want to properly introduce Don Larson, our color commentator, our uh, Facebook guy, our tweet guy, Again, we need those kind of guys because I'm still trying to stop the 12 from blinking on my VCR, Don. So I appreciate all the uh, social media stuff you're doing. Say hello to the audience. Hey, good morning, Gotis. Good to be here with everybody. And we do have an IT intervention team headed to your house later today <laughs> to help you with your VCR. Uh, how about that rotary phone? What are they going to do with that? <laughs> he's, our, he's our chief tweeter. All right. <laughs> At Monday Night Roundtable. But no. Uh, so our our next guest that we're bringing on is uh, State Representative Neil Frisky uh, from District 107 in the Michigan House of Representatives. Uh, Representative Frisky is coming on to talk about an important event happening in northern Michigan, as well as, you know, what he's experienced in Lansing. Uh, so we welcome to the program to the Cleveland area. Uh, on here on the WH on Always Right Radio, State Representative Neil Frisky. How are you this morning, Representative Frisky? Good morning, Dakota. I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. You know, is it, this would be your big radio debut here in the Cleveland area, if I'm correct, right? Yes, yes. That's exciting. Thanks for having me on. As a Michigander, we'll, we'll let you on because, you know, Dakota. So. <laughs> All right, go blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, producer, cut All right well, thanks for the uh, <laughs> good thank interview. You, thanks for the interview. <laughs> uh, but uh, Representative Frisky, um, you you guys, we have a big event coming up next Saturday uh, at your family farm, and I just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about why you know Senator Johnson and kind of you know what you've experienced in, in Lansing as well as what you know Senator Johnson's dealing and. And D.C. with, you know, the medical freedom issue being it's so important. Yes, uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, so the event is a week from this Saturday. So it'll be Saturday, October 21st, starting at 6.30 p.m. at Frisky's Farm Market. And that address is 10743 U.S. 31 Ellsworth, Michigan. Um, looking very forward to having Senator Johnson joining us. Um, our uh, Michigan GOP chair, Christina Caramo, will be there as well. And uh, we're looking forward to the message he's going to bring about the medical freedom issue and uh, the work that he's been doing with that and how he's been advocating. Uh, that's something that's very uh, dear to a lot of us Michiganders. 
uh, especially those of us on the conservative side of things. So we're, we're excited to have him come over and, and share his thoughts with us, and we're hoping for a uh, nice fundraising event for the cause. Absolutely. And Representative Frisky, I know, uh, you know, I was listening this morning to Chairwoman Karamo on, on Justin Barclay's show. Um, and I know you and uh, and everybody else in Lansing were debating over this, you know, wind and solar uh, initiative that, you know, they're trying to force down everybody's throat in the state of Michigan and putting wind farms and solar farms. Uh, and I know that you are a, an avid opponent of that with, you know, pr- private property rights. Uh, so what what is it, you know, what's the word on the ground with that, that legislation going through uh, the Michigan House right now? Well, it's, uh, it's probably just around the corner. Um, there, like a lot of the uh, Democrats' agenda, the, things are so extreme. And so they're, they're coming up with, again, some roadblocks because of that, you know, even their own caucus is getting a little bit sick and tired of the extreme uh, left stance that they're trying to take on all these issues because, um, you know, there are several of those members that don't like that extreme agenda. Uh, Just yesterday, for example, we had this land value tax uh, bill that they've been trying to bring up for a vote for the last couple of weeks. They finally, finally did yesterday. This is for the city of Detroit. And um, they ended up, after an hour and maybe 20 minutes, uh, uh, clearing the board. They just And we even had 10 Republicans that voted for it. So we gave them 10 votes, and they still couldn't get it done. And so their, their uh, middle-of-the-road uh, part of their caucus is really starting to push back against this extreme agenda that they're trying to cram down everybody's throat. And um, so that, that leaves a little glimmer of hope. Uh, this energy uh, agenda that they have is just so unrealistic that they're starting, you know, some of their members are starting to realize that this is just not, it's not reality. Um, I'm not against, you know, trying to be conscious of the environment and, uh, you know, being careful with what we're doing and being conscious of our actions. But this extreme radical agenda of trying to have us you know, completely away from fossil fuels by 2040 or whatever it is, is just, it's not realistic. I mean, it's just not sustainable. It's not realistic. We don't have the infrastructure. There's not enough time to build the infrastructure to support that. And so um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I I don't know if they're, you know, we're probably going to go signy die uh, by the 1st of November. And um uh, we'll see whether they get that brought up in the next couple of weeks or not. I know they'd like to, but if they if they don't water it down some or do some serious uh, arm twisting in their caucus, I don't think they're going to get it through. Hey, Representative Frisky, um, uh, I, I think the Democrats hold a slim majority in the state of Ohio, and unfortunately, if you mean they, Michigan, I'm sorry, in Michigan, <laughs> sometimes I feel well, they Ohio do too. in Ohio too. They just call them Republicans, <laughs> right? Uh, rhinos, they call them rhinos. In, in in Michigan there, but, you know, if anything would pass, obviously you have such a radical leftist uh, governor that she would sign the worst bill immediately. So it's good to see that uh, maybe the Dem- Democrats are standing up a little bit because they have such a slim majority there. I believe in the House it's two votes, in the Senate it's about two votes. So um, uh, I, I think 2024 is probably a watershed year for the Republican Party of Michigan to try to take back the House and or the Senate. 
Yes, that is absolutely our, our biggest motivation right now. Um, obviously, that doesn't allow us to, to make any made any changes, but it does allow us to put a stop to things until 26 when the Senate and the governorship uh, are up for election again. So um, you're right. Uh, there's, a, there's a two-member uh, advantage in both the House and the Senate. So all we ever need is one person. Mm-hmm. Well, right. we, we need to hold together. That's our biggest challenge. I mean, we can usually count on what's happening on their side of the aisle, but unfortunately for us, um, you know, we've got so many defectors on all these important bills. There's always somebody that's willing to sell their soul. And, uh, you know, they, they, our, our leadership is weak, unfortunately. Um, they've been, uh, uh, they, they struck this deal uh, to, to give these 10 votes. And, um, and it's just all these, all this lame stuff that's just, I mean, it's like pennies on the dollar. And, and they, they, and they want to sell that to us as a win. It's not a win. It's just, uh, just we're being taken advantage of every time we turn around. So, um, our biggest challenge is keeping our own caucus, uh, uh, rooted into the fundamental principles of the Republican Party. If we would do that, um, we would actually stop uh, uh, all kinds of bills because, um, you know, all the way back on, on the corporate welfare issue, there's one Dem, Wagela, uh, that refuses to vote for that. So, you know, any of those kind of bills we could always stop if we could stay together, but we don't. Right. Um, and this land value tax uh, deal for Detroit uh, is the same thing right now. Um, there were 10 of their members on the board that voted against it. Um, and then uh, um, there was basically, I think, a 50-50 uh, split up on the board, and then they just couldn't get anybody else to commit from there, and so they cleared the board. So, um, right. Well, I but think we're, we're not giving. We're, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to oh, say, uh, say, you we're know, we're not giving up hope. Okay, you go, go ahead. You're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I was done with that thought. I'm just going to say we're not giving up hope. You know, we're, we're going to continue to. To work and 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 try to stop everything that we can, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how things turn out. Yeah, I was going to say uh, here at, at Monday Night Roundtable, you know, the show that we host on uh, Mondays from seven to nine p.m. We have a new term for rhinos. You know, the, the old term "Republican in name only." That's sort of getting uh, poorly uh, used or interpreted. It's it's really Democrats who masquerade as Republicans say the right talking points, say the right things, say the right buzzwords, and sucker in the conservatives who, you know, buy into that rhino stuff. So those are the people we got to fight. Those are the enemies that we have. Hey, uh, Representative Neil Frisky, thanks for calling in. We're glad Dakota will be joining your team in Michigan. We're losing a great Buckeye to uh, Michigan, and uh, we hope that you and he can uh, keep us updated on the great happenings uh, with uh, changing uh, uh, Michigan back to a normal state again. Thanks again, Representative Neil Frisky. All right, that was Neil Frisky from Michigan calling in, giving us a little update, and we look forward to Ohio and the Michigan parties working together for better government. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Hey, good morning. George Satari and the Monday Night Roundtable team back on uh, Always Right Radio. 
you know, since uh, Steve, you know, as, as you were saying, we're, we we occupy such a specialized niche on Monday Night Roundtable, seven to nine p.m. We always say we we, we try to cover the things that's falling between the cracks. We always tell people, hey, have a pencil and paper, or your uh, notepad, or some tablet, something where you could take notes, because you know we promote events, we promote people, groups, ideas, websites, fundraisers, because. We're there on a specialized niche, and I want you to tell the audience what we were promoting on Monday and the fruits of that result that uh, you just got a got a text on your phone during the show. I thought it was uh, incredible and great, and uh, this is why we occupy that specialized niche. And again, even now with uh, Bob's show, he always has such great information. People should always have notepad, pen, mm-hmm. paper, and uh, write down these ideas, write down this information, write down who to contact, whether it's your legislator on a uh, topic, whether it's going to a fundraiser, on and on and on. We all need to be engaged right. with time, influence, or capital, or your money. So, Steve, tell us what happened on Monday. Well, it's incredible. George, you know, Monday night we were talking with Tom Haviland about uh, the the blood clots, mm-hmm, the sure. mysterious blood clots, and he was in the military, and I made mention that I served, you know, in the military as well. And I had turned one of my friends on from um, Catawba Island. I live over in Ottawa County, a uh, fellow church member, and uh, her name is Victoria. And uh, I had asked her, because she's very interested in that same information about the, the COVID vaccine and the 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 adverse reaction. So she listened into the radio. Well, she so she listened on Monday night when we were talking about this. And then on Wednesday of this week, or Tuesday, she got a call. She found out that her sister, Karen, who was on a missionary trip, was trapped in Jerusalem, was there when Hamas attacked last Saturday. And her and her team of about, I believe, nine or ten Americans were trying desperately to get out of Israel, but mm-hmm. they could not. All flights out were canceled. Right. And so she was asking me what to do, and we talked a little bit about the different borders, and I mentioned how uh, Jordan might be the safest route out. But I also had just seen a, uh article about projectdynamo.org, which we mentioned in the last hour, about Project Dynamo, how they had helped Americans get out of Afghanistan after that debacle, and how they were being asked by the State Department to come in and help because they couldn't do anything. So we mentioned all this in the last hour. Corey Mills, uh, Congressman Corey Mills from Florida, is part of Project Dynamo, and they were actually flying in there, and they were given a list of Americans. Well, I just got this uh, message from Victoria. Mm-hmm. She says, I just got off the phone with Karen. She sounds Karen great. Karen, the sister. Karen, the sister, who just, she says, guess where I'm at? I just crossed the border. Yes, I'm in Jordan. She says, the congressman from Florida, I'm assuming Corey Mills, mm-hmm. got them out and was able to get them out. And like I had called the U.S. Embassy and asked if they could help, and they said there's nothing they can do. This congressman did the same thing and said there's nothing they can do. So he, the guy from Florida, said, I'm taking it into my own hands. And so Corey Mills and ProjectDynamo.org 
got them out when the embassy could do nothing. And then she gives glory to God, awesome act of God, that this all came together like this. And we should all let our government know that the embassy in Israel is worthless to the American citizens, and it's a disgrace. So she's on her way through checkpoints heading to a hotel. Mm-hmm. So I, not only do I praise God for that, but I look at this project dynamo.org and say, hey, they are really making a difference. So I encourage all our listeners, if you don't do anything else today, go to that website, donate some money so that you can help somebody who is doing something get some of our American brothers and sisters out of danger, out of harm's way. Yeah, that makes sense because um, whether inept through ineptness through um, through deliberate uh, action, it seems like our State Department, which is obviously you know, State Department has been a den of uh, corruption for the last fifty years. Anyhow, uh, working against our allies, working against American interests, you know, for fifty years, but they don't seem very helpful. Probably more deliberately than out of bureaucratic ineptness. Well, they can give Iran six billion dollars. They can give. Uh, um, Ukraine, a um, hundred billion, but they can't afford to get uh, private citizens. I think Project uh, Dynamo said they're trying to get what was it, four planes and five hundred mm-hmm. Americans. That's out. not that much money at all. No, it's not that. I mean, Biden should give some of the money that he <laughs> bribes that he took from China and and Ukraine and stuff, and and donate some money. Yeah, and Hunter's but, saving all the money on legal fees now that he dropped the gun charges. He could donate. Yeah, some money too. Well, I don't. I don't know if he's. Well, we won't talk about his hooker <laughs> uh, fetish. But re, re, I encourage all of you. See, there's two things. There's two takeaways. One, you can make a difference. Right. Monday night roundtable may indirectly have helped save the lives of nine or ten Americans. You can make a difference by saying something. The other thing is you can make a difference by donating. You can go to projectdynamo.org. You can support radio shows like Always Right Radio with Bob France, like Monday night roundtable every Monday night, and you can make a difference. Right, right, Steve. Uh, again, it's so important. Again, we try to, to fill in that little niche. And, and in between, since we're, we're only on uh, one day a week, two hours, in between we're going out to different groups. We're talking to different uh, at different events, giving speeches. Interesting enough, a week from Saturday, which is the, uh, it'll be the uh, 21st. the 21st, I will be speaking at the Summit County Tea Party, talking about one of my favorite topics. Unfortunately, we have to keep revisiting this issue over and over and over again. It's talking about the CONCON, the Constitutional Convention, an Article 5 convention that, if passed, will destroy our republic. We know what's been coming down the pike in California. Gavin Newsom has endorsed the Constitutional Convention because he wants to trample, step on, eliminate, modify, most, most specifically eliminate our Second Amendment right under our current Constitution. You know what's interesting about that? Israel just the other day came out and said they want all, they're armoring up all their citizens now. Mm-hmm. Kind of, why why would you want to arm up oh mm-hmm. to keep the the hordes of evil out to keep those bad perpetrators out that are coming in and beheading babies and killing your children in front of you and then taking you hostage over to the Gaza Strip and then they do whatever to you. I mean, uh, well, Steve, the, the information came out about the one woman who did have some weaponry. And yes. she was able to protect, I believe, 20 people at a, uh, at a, um, at a collective uh, uh, enterprise that they had there. She was able to hold them off until the Army showed up. Yes. And I think she just had uh, like an uh, AR-15 or AK-47 
lots of ammunition, and then she was. Then they got some more guns from someplace. They they placed people strategically, and they were able to hold back the Hamas terrorists who wanted to. Obviously, they weren't come there, you know, to pick lettuce or something. They were coming there to kill people, behead people, kill babies in front of their parents, and kill the parents. Or it's just it's just disgusting and appalling. It uh, right. I have the story right here. Okay. Israeli woman Inbar Lieberman, twenty five, is hailed as a hero for saving kibbutz. Nam Nar Am from invading Hamas, and she basically uh, uh, she was a security coordinator. Mm. Led a group of residents, killing more than two dozen advancing terrorists. Nice. She literally uh, distributed guns to twelve people and co- coordinated their response amidst the unfolding attack. She killed five terrorists herself, while the other gunmen gunned down twenty more over a four-hour gun battle. Wow! I mean, that's intense combat. Mm-hmm. And uh, heavy losses for the invaders, and they repelled them. Mm-hmm. So good for her, right? And that's 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 why we have the Second Amendment. That's it's not exactly. you know. I'm sure we use it for home defense and hunting. It's basically to uh, stop invaders. And uh, as Thomas Jefferson said, um, you know, eventually, you know, paraphrasing that uh, it's uh, the right of the people to overthrow the government if necessary. So. As 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 we get into the Second Amendment more deeply, um, people need to have guns. People need to be able to use it properly. People that have it are not criminals. Law-abiding citizens are not criminals. The gun just doesn't come up, jump up and hijack a, a carjack a car. Doesn't rob a grocery store. Doesn't do a drive-by shooting. It's bad guys, bad people that mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So the importance of a Second Amendment. Um, and again, Gavin Newsom wants to join with the CONCON crowd to f- call the Constitutional Convention as one of the major platforms. Right. And right. shame on the CONCON people. They call themselves Convention of States. They say they're so desperate to get those uh, 38 states that they want to go back all the way to 1839 with the Constitutional Convention calls to abolish slavery as a call for a CONCON. Can you that's, imagine? That, that, that's horrible. You know, it's it's it, and it's very disingenuous. Uh, one of the things you said about the uh, Second Amendment, you know, guns kill people just like pencils fail tests, <laughs> right? Or spoons make people fat. Or spoons make people fat. There you go. So, anyways, you know, it, it's 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 ridiculous. But hey, we got another guest coming up soon, and I don't know if she she hasn't it. called in yet. So okay. again, uh, we we you know take calls on any and all issues at this point. Um, again, our, our 11 o'clock caller, he's looks like he may have a previous commitment to Jack Cashel. I do want to talk about his book, even if he doesn't call in and, and what he was talking about. But our open line here is 216-901-0945, 901-0945-216, area code. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about the topics we discussed or any and all topics until our next guest calls in. But, Steve, you know, getting back to the CONCON for a second, there's so much confusion about what it means and why our founding fathers put in Article 5. And um, they put it in because that was the only way they could ratify the Constitution. It was promoted by Patrick Henry. Uh, I'm sorry, it was promoted by um, George Mason. Wrong wrong Virginia. There were a lot of Virginians Mm. there. Promoted by George Mason to get it into the Constitution because they thought it would be another check and balance. But unfortunately, the way it's being uh, handled today, it would be 
as a total destruction of our Constitution because we know our Constitutional Convention became a sovereign body, and, and Thomas Jefferson was quite clear on this, the Constitutional Convention coming together becomes a new sovereign body, and they make up whatever rules, regulations, amendments uh, that they want to. Right, and that's the danger of having this Constitutional Convention. And that's, I love Mark Levin, but I disagree with him wholeheartedly mm-hmm. in this. Do you really want the people up on Capitol Hill today, the Gavin Newsoms of the world, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, the Chuck Schumer's of the world, making a, 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 new, constitution? a new constitution? Do you? I yes, mean, I trust them yeah, fully. You, you, yeah. Yes. Uh, the Joe Bidens of the world, the... <laughs> Oh my God, uh, the the uh, Merrick Garlands of the world. I mean, there's so much dishonesty and there's so much, uh, you know, treacherous behavior against our country. Mm-hmm. There's so many communists in our government now. You talk about it during time of uh, Roosevelt, mm-hmm. President Roosevelt during World War II. Oh, but look at all the communists that are in our government today. Mm-hmm. Hey, our phone lines are lighting up at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. We have uh, TJ calling from Cleveland. He'd like to. Comment on Tom Havland. Uh, good morning and welcome to Always Right Radio, TJ. Yeah, hi, Tom. You know, I one question I had, the one guest that was talking about, like, I guess these morticians that are claiming the blood's so thick they can't, you know, draw it out. Mm-hmm. Well, it made me think, well, if that's true, why isn't the Red Cross having trouble drawing blood from donors? Well, uh, first of all, um, uh, I think your your blood probably uh, operates a little bit differently when you're when you're dying, but also as you know they may have died from the blood clots, and we're not saying it's every person in the country is getting the blood clot. We're saying the people are either dying from the blood clots or it's manifesting in their bodies after they died, and also you know the implication is that it came from the vax. So there's still a lot of people who did not take the vax. And Steve, what do they call the people that didn't take the vax? What do they call their blood? Pure blood. Yeah, they call them pure bloods because um, the um, you know there's there's so many different tests and different things that are done. And I don't think he said that the blood's too thick to draw out. What he said is that the the arteries are clotted with these huge clots, and they have to pull them out. That's how they discovered them. Oh, so okay. then they could drain the body and put the embalming fluid in. So it's not that the blood's too thick, it's just that it's clotted up, but these are not clots that they've ever seen before. Okay, that would make sense. And I hate to admit it, I'm one of the pure blooders, and I'm only a little worried in the future, will they be coming after me for my blood, you know, because <laughs> we're one of the pure blooders? No, no. actually what they're doing is they're injecting uh, the MNRA into the pigs for the last couple of years. Now they're starting to inject it into beef and cattle, and they're talking about putting it on your food like salads and stuff like that. So they're still trying to get it in you. Mm-hmm. And I eat a lot of, a lot of meat, so... Yeah, so, I guess I'm not a pure blood anymore. Uh, you don't know until you take some some kind of test to see the the level of um, you know the jab in your system. So, okay, well, thank you. You kind of cleared that up for me. I appreciate that. Okay, great. Thanks for that call, TJ. Hey, uh, Steve. Uh, in between our, our guest uh, Daniel ba- Danielle Baker, who is a victim of um, the 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 jab forced upon her by her employer. And again, we, we, we were really looking forward to having her last time, but she is having a lawsuit, a workers' comp suit against her employer who is uh, self-insured for workers' comp purposes. 
Hey, Danielle, uh, thanks for calling in, and welcome to Monday Night Roundtable. Ah. Uh, Monday Night Roundtable. <laughs> Thursday morning, Thursday, always, uh, always, always right always radio. Right radio. So I'm used to saying, you know, welcome to Monday Night Roundtable. Welcome to Bob Francis' Always Right Radio on uh, AM 1420. Good morning. Uh-oh. Thank you for having me on, and I get confused easily. So. Yeah, we don't want to confuse you, but I get confused easily too. So, I I appreciate you uh, uh, having me on the show. Well, with, listen, Daniel, this is Steve Krauss, and I'm grateful that you, we, you've called in. I, my apologies. It was actually my mistake and didn't give Mr. Producer your number earlier. So I want to get right to the point because we're kind of a little short on time. You were a nurse, and you were working in a, uh Ohio hospice uh, uh, environment, and you were kind of coerced into taking the jab uh, and your your doctor actually reported that the neurological uh, uh, adverse reaction that you are having and experiencing was due to the fact that you took the COVID vaccine and the booster. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. They ruled everything out, and they said that that was the only uh, thing that could have caused my issues. Okay. And you today had filed a lawsuit against your former employer, and you were, going, you were granted a hearing on January 11th of next year. And then you, your, your message said something to me last night that, uh, what's the status of that? Oh, um, sorry, I have to get emotional. Um, since um, we have filed the lawsuit, um, we've had to put it on hold. We moved for dismissal without prejudice because now the um, shots come after my heart. Um, I am 44, and I am in full-blown heart failure. Um, oh. I- I'm to the point I can't maintain the blood pressures and um, my body is uh, declining pretty rapidly. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm devastated to hear that. Um, uh, is, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize this before I asked you to come on. Um, you know, you were a healthy woman working in your field, happy and, um, uh, until this, these vaccines, correct? Oh, yeah. We were extremely active. I hunted in primitive camps, fish, always on the go with our, our kids. I was actually at the healthiest that I had been until the, the shots. Well, and uh, your employer said basically you would get fired if you didn't take the shot. They had uh, sent out an email. They had been uh, pushing the propaganda of uh, the safe and effectiveness. Started doing drawings uh, up to $20,000 for people to get the uh, shot. Ultimately, what pushed me over, um, I I knew the mandate was coming 
but they had um, said that uh, as of July of 2021, they would be removing our COVID benefit coverage if we didn't have the shot by then. Danielle, do you know if you took the uh, the Moderna or the Pfizer or which shot you got? Um, I had two uh, the two series of the Pfizer, and both of my lots are of the top thirty of the most adverse and deadliest lots put out by Pfizer. Wow. Um, where could people find out more information if they want to help? I mean, obviously, this is, has to be a financial strain on you. I'm, I'm very sorry that your your health is deteriorating. Is the doctors? Uh, is there anything anybody can do other than pray? Um, where, where can people find out more information about your story? Um, I am very active on Twitter at the coerced nurse. I am um, do have a give send go if you go to their website and look up at danielle baker it will um pull me up um and and i i want to be clear that we are still planning uh our our lawsuit we're, we're picking it uh, back up um it's just trying to get through this initial crisis, I'm determined to overcome it. Um, I have been pre-planning a funeral at 44, but I refuse to give in. Well, we'll be praying for you, Danielle, and this is horrible news, but keep up fighting the good fight, and God bless you. That's Danielle Baker at uh, on Twitter. You can find her. She's very active as the coerced nurse. And also on Give, Send, Go, if you'd like to donate, uh, just type in the word Danielle Baker, and you'll find out more information about it. Danielle, thank you. God bless you. And everybody here from uh, uh, All Right Radio and Monday Night Roundtable has our deepest sympathy for you and what you're going through in your family. Yeah, God bless. Uh, I uh, appreciate it, and I uh Hate you having me on. I'm more than happy to come on any time. Thank you. Yeah, we'll circle back with Danielle to see how things are progressing. And, um, you know, that damn shot, uh, not only did she have neurological problems, now she has, she's looking at heart failure and different things. So it's, it's just amazing. What, you know what upsets me is they call this misinformation. Did you hear the, the, the total in her voice? Hey, uh, again, this is uh, the Monday Night Roundtable team on Always Right Radio. Our special guest was Danielle Baker. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back in the 11 o'clock hour for some uh, more calls and closing comments. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know... And do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? 
Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Fratt on AM 1420, The Answer. Mr. Speaker, the George of the United States. Where the hell do these people come from? Why would you want some, what you're, you're, some guy to shaking his junk in your three-year-old daughter's face? What's the matter with you? Now, listen in to George and his cabinet on Monday Night Roundtable. Hey, George Satari, also known as GOTUS, and the team from Monday Night Roundtable back in our final hour here on Always Right Radio. Again, I want to thank Bob France for letting us sit in and, uh, and guest host. And tomorrow, Steve, it's going to be our good friend uh, Khalid Namar hosting from uh, 9 to noon, 9 to 1145. He always has great insight, great information, and a great orator. And again, it takes four of us to replace Bob. So it's George Satari, Steve Krause co-host. Say again, hello. Hey, great to be here on... Thursday morning Thursday for morning, Monday night. It, that's right. And Dakota Sawyer. Hey, hey, hey. He's abandoning us and going to Michigan. But uh, we could do that. And, of course, color commentator and uh, a technical guy extraordinaire, Don Larson. Good morning, Gotis. Right. Bad Sawyer. Bad Sawyer. <laughs> and, again, we'd like to thank the production team behind the glass, always keeping us humming along, keeping us uh, honest and solid. And, uh, again, our phone lines are lighting up, and we do have a telephone number again, 216-901-0945. I think we're going to be guest-free because uh, Jack Cashel, the great author, uh, had another commitment that uh, sort of conflicted, and uh, we sort of didn't let him know, the, uh, although we discussed it last week when he was in town. But I do mm-hmm. want to discuss his new book and what Jack talks about and what he writes about. But we still have a call lingering. Jacks from Cleveland has been waiting patiently on Line five, and he wants to talk about the COVID shot. Welcome to Always Right Radio, Jack. How are you today? Good morning, and how are you? Great, great. What's great? What can you hey, tell about? You got you got a great show here. I mean, either uh, your prior uh, caller, I sympathize with her, and a lot of other people that are <laughs> going through uh, those kinds of things. But people, uh, you want to cut short all the mystery and the questions. There's an individual who openly. Uh, whistleblows, and he'll tell you everything you need to know about COVID-19 and a lot of others yet to come. His name is Dr. Robert Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E, Ph.D. This guy is just off the hook. He's the Edgar Cayce slash Joel Wallach of today. He is the creator of all of this uh, type of technology and techniques. Uh, All of your questions will be answered if you go to Dr. Robert Malone, Ph.D., uh, and all of this doubt about thick blood, spike proteins, gene editing, uh, all questions will be answered. You won't, you won't really be in a fog anymore. That's number one, because I, I said I had mm-hmm. two, two quick subjects. And number two is, you know, uh, they're, they're complaining, <clears throat> excuse me, as any normal person would about these Arabs over there, Hamas chopping babies' heads off and 
doing what they do. You know, <clears throat> here in America, uh, that's also, it has another name, and it's not done by homage here in America, but it, the same thing happens here. It's called an abortion, and they chop babies' heads off. They get fetal tissue from not only the uh, umbilical cord, which they could easily do without killing the babies, but they use the babies too. And what I discovered, and, you know, I've been around a little while, I'm over 60, but I, I discovered that the first vaccine, so-called, uh, they were from the kidneys of dead babies, the fetal tissue. And when they discovered that this kidney tissue and these other fetal tissues are valuable, uh, you have uh, the abortion clinics feeding uh, and providing the resources to drug companies, drug corporations. And now, uh, one more thing, the drug corporations that we know as Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, uh, Moderna, blah, blah, you know, if you trace back their origins, you're going to find something that's not going to be very nice to you and your grandparents. These drug companies, drug corporations, their grandparents and so forth, they used to work for Adolf Hitler. Good grief. Right. They experiment all the time. <clears throat> Their origins are from right over there in the cesspool of Nazis, well, you, socialists, you, communists. You're right. That, that that was Operation Paperclip. We brought all them guys exactly. over after World War II, and, and, and exactly. we're paying the results for that. Hey, I just want a great call, by the way. Great two points. Uh got uh, a message from Danielle uh, Baker, who was our a guest who has the adverse reaction and uh she just messaged me robert malone dr robert malone looked me straight in the eyes she actually says straight in the eyeballs and told me there is no hope for me kid you not well i'll tell you what i'll tell you what if you got religion no matter what religion you got you got hope because there's always if there's a way to cause that kind of damage if we believe together then there's a way to reverse it or at least bring it to a halt and to reverse it. And that is through chemistry, mastering the periodic table, molecules, blah, blah. Because what they've done is by gene editing, they've done what the ancients were trying to do, turn lead into gold. Well, mm. now they've done it biologically. The next step is statically through controlling the molecules of lead so, and turning so, it into so, gold. So let, the me, thing. let me ask you a quick question. What's your, and what's your name again? Jack. Jack. Jack, Jack. This is Jack from okay. Cleveland. Okay. Hey, Jack. This is Steve Krause, and I appreciate your call. So let me ask you a question, Jack. Go ahead, um, go ahead Steve. We have all this data now. We have all this information now. We have all this adverse reaction now. We have Danielle calling in, and, and it's almost like she's got Tourette's. I mean, she's just shaking as she's trying to talk. She's in massive heart failure. We know about the died suddenly. We know about the kid, the, the football kid that just fell over uh, the last day or two. With all that information, why is our government, why in the world is our government still pushing this, uh, I believe it's a bioweapon, on the American people saying it's safe and effective for six months old and up? Well, my and this is just my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving out medical advice, but this is just my opinion. You know, uh, the uh, drug corporations, the CDC, the NIH, uh, all of those things, they've been taken over. They're no longer our government control. They've been taken over by governments of foreign countries. And now they're implementing what the doctors and corporations that worked under Adolf Hitler in the 1930s and 40s. This is what we're experiencing now. It's no different from that. So, but, uh, hey, if you, like I said, if you got 
religion, if you got a, uh, any kind of religion and you know how to pray, you know that the same people that devised these genetically altering uh, the substances, you know that sooner or later uh, the, the whistleblowers and the good guys are going to come out of that, and they're going to engineer something that's going to counteract this. And right now it's zinc, vitamin C, magnesium, and B vitamins. And one more thing, one more thing. Uh, the suffering of these people with the thickening of the blood, the changing of the blood cells, attacking, these are spike proteins, and they cause our own body to manufacture spike proteins themselves that you no longer have to get injections. Once these things affect your DNA, the spike proteins are starting to spread throughout the entire body, and all of us that got those injections, whether it's in your meat, your water, your food, the chemtrails in the sky, uh, whatever, uh, eventually these spike proteins, they get into your blood system and they cause your own body to create multiple, multiple spike proteins. And that's what's, that's what's killing them. I mean, the, the, the first venture that these people took off was to create what's called airborne AIDS. And if you go to the doctor, if you've ever had any of these injections, ask them to please, please check you for HIV. Airborne age, breathe it in. You don't have to have sex anymore. Look, I don't want to inject chaos and confusion. Uh, Bob France, Tom Kelly, they all, <laughs> they all know me. Uh, look, got a great show, man. Uh, good luck to everybody because, uh, like I said, I'm over 60s and my, my days are counting down, not up, unless I live to be beyond 120. <laughs> but other than that, good show, buddy, and keep going, man. Great. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for those uh uh, interesting comments. Uh, good points. Um, getting back to the, um, you know, the the reworking of your genes and everything else. And again, they're trying to interlace it into our food supply. So the first thing people need to do is be tested to see what level of, even if they didn't get the jab, what level of uh, spike proteins or whatever that they have in their system, because it's it's critical. And uh, Steve, you know, we had. Um, dinner with uh, Dr. Robert Malone at the uh, John Birch Society convention in August of last year, and he gave a tremendous speech. And, uh, yeah, he is the inventor, and I think a couple of his points are that he didn't realize they would use it for this, uh, you know, being able to um, get it into people in such an effective manner. And the other point that he had was, um, and, and he's been on Bob's show several times. He hasn't been on Monday Night Roundtable yet. And there's been a couple great interviews with him, if I could add, uh, an interview and an article on him in the New American at the newamerican.com. People need to go to the newamerican.com, get a subscription because uh, the magazine has interviews with policymakers. They have a great interview with Senator Johnson, who's big for health freedom, uh, one of the couple issues ago. Uh, they have a, a scorecard index of the, the freedom index of how your congressman votes. They have uh, ideas and issues on uh, health. Uh, how to clear the vaccine out of your system, uh, back in the day how to get a uh, medical exemption based upon philosophical or religious exemption, uh, very practical stuff, good stuff, historical stuff. They have, you know, articles about the uh, Athenians. and Well, and the most important thing is they're anywhere from six months to two years ahead of the curve. Right. So if you want to know what's coming down to pike, if you want clear um, uh, truth-telling mm-hmm. versus the garbage that you get on cable news and the, the news worker 
news networks, supposedly news networks, mm-hmm. um, I highly recommend. And, you know, it, the New American is a JBS, which mm-hmm. is John Birch Society, which has gotten a very bad rap. But all of us do. We're all conspiracy theorists. We're all uh, right-wing MAGA uh, 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 domestic terrorists because we dare to tell the truth. I'm a moderate to the point of fanaticism, but go ahead. <laughs> Well, you know, when when these people believe the lie and they believe the own the, their own lies, mm-hmm. then when you confront them with the truth, that just because you think it don't make it so, well, they go berserk, mm-hmm. they go crazy, and what they want to do is silence you. They want to shut you up. They don't they don't want your opinion. Well, what about the First Amendment? What about uh, um, uh, you know the the right to uh, your opinion? You know, right, don't and- silence the opposition. Right, and, and you know the old saying about opinions, uh, but I, I was talking to a, a person, and we were talking about, um, oh yeah, they were mentioning about uh, organ transplants, that somebody said uh, you shouldn't uh, you know, be an organ donor. I said, okay, well, well, why not? Well, if you die and your organs are removed, you will not have a complete death. I said, okay, well, that's interesting. What is, your, well, what is the citation for that? Is that scriptural? Or uh, is that a study that was done measuring uh, electronic waves or something? No, it's just somebody's opinion. Again, there's so many opinions out there on so many things. Could we at least, you know, for political things, my foundational documents are the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Amen. For spiritual and religious matters, it's the Bible. It's scriptures. And again, many times the scripture on certain issues is silent. It, and, and then obviously... You could extrapolate, you could reason. For instance, uh, the, the life of Jesus Christ uh, from age 13 to about uh, 30 when he st- started his ministry and traveling, there's, it's, it's silent about where he was. And people are, oh, he was in India traveling. I said, okay, well, he might have. I don't know. But uh, I, I could only go based upon certain bits and pieces of information. I can't, I, I could guess, I could extrapolate, I could reason, I could look at some other evidence uh, in the historical record, on and on and on. But people come up with the most fantastical uh, ideas and, and beliefs. It's like, okay, uh, why do you believe that? Why just believe it? Well, okay, so I'm supposed to reorganize my life based upon your, your, right. your half-assed well, belief? Well, let's go back to what I said earlier. Just because you think it, don't make it so. These men, these pe- biological males who think they can be a woman, and breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, you can't have a baby because you don't have the right equipment. You can't breastfeed because you don't have the right equipment. But yet, they're so caught up in this minutia of believing their own lies or believing the lies that they're telling them because our our the, the horrible public schools and the training and the books and the whole cr- critical race theory and the you know that you if you think it you can be it well no if you think you can climb up a ladder okay if you think you can climb this mountain okay but you're not changing your anatomy you can never if you're a male you can never be a female i don't care how much makeup you put on i don't care how much uh, uh puberty blockers and surgeries you have you are still going to be a male that's pretending masquerading to be something else right there's nothing more disgusting than these guys that are injecting themselves with all kind of chemicals and then you know they're 
dripping or lactating something, and they call it milk, and they give it to a poor baby, you're basically giving that baby a chemical concoction yeah. of I don't know what. And, and, and then the other, disgusting. Th- and the other thing on it, and I won't belabor the point, you want me to g- agree with your insanity. I mean, they have let the insane people out of the insane, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the insane asylums. These, a lot of them are in our government now, and they want us to agree or shut up and be silent and, and go along with the lie. Right, right. It's, it's, it's absurd. So you, you can't defeat reality. You can't defeat Mother Nature. And one final point I want to make about all the problems we have in this country, and I bring this up on Monday Night Roundtable quite often. We have a lot of problems. But our enemies are not God. They're not infallible. They're many times it's uh, something run through the bureaucracy or the deep state or the administrative state. These people, so, so there's many of them very sharp, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are just uh, bureaucrats doing, yep. tending to their own business. They're not necessarily inept, but many are inept. They're not necessarily lazy, but many are lazy. Many are bureaucratic. Many are bumbling. Many of them don't care. They just want their job, and they're perfectly happy. So let's not imbue our enemy with uh, fantastical, unbridled, unlimited powers because it's just not true. Right. You know, you've made this point before. So you mean Bill Gates isn't above God? Mm. Klaus Schwab and his... Uh, uh, you know, Lord uh, Darth Vader type Darth outfit. Vader style, right. uh, uh, he's not God, right? I mean, these are just human beings with fallacies, just like us. And fa- you know, um, and they're messing with the wrong God. I'll tell right. You that. Well, that's true. Well, you know, y- you think about Hitler, and whether Hitler died in the bunker or not, we can pretty much ascertain that Hitler's gone, right? Yeah, but God still exists. Yeah, God still exists. Hey, this is the Monday Night Roundtable team on Always Right Radio. We're going to take a few short breaks here, and then we'll be back for our final segment. And again, we want to thank Bob and the production team for uh, having uh, us host the show. Uh, George, Steve, Don, Dakota, back after these short messages. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Hey, and welcome back to our final segment here on Always Right Radio. Dakota Sawyer, Steve Krause, George Satari, and Don Larson filling in for the great Bob France. Uh, you know, we're back here in this final segment uh, here in Always Right Radio Got a couple things to talk about. Some good news. Some good news. Some good things to wrap up. We're going to end here on a, you know the se- our, our sh- the show today on a good segment of what is happening with NOACA. NOACA is a regional planning authority that deals with mostly traffic and and you know getting in the federal dollars and roads distributing and bridges. It, roads, bridges, transportation, infrastructure, stuff like that. Well, NOACA has decided that it's within their power to develop a climate action plan to deal with climate change because that's because that's within their th- that's within you know roads, bridges, and infrastructure, yeah, right? You know sure. that's so uh, the Medina County Board of Commissioners uh, have sent a cease and desist to the NOACA uh, uh, board, saying that it's not within their authority to develop a climate action plan uh, and that they should stop formulating one because it's not within their best interest. It's not what they do. 
You mean our elected officials were standing up to the unelected bureaucrats? Yes. And here's one of the paragraphs from the letter. It says the Medina, the Board of County Commissioner, the Medina County Commissioners proposed that necessary actions be taken by NOACA governing board and committees to cease and assist on staff activities, spending that further creation of a regional climate action plan. Any funding which is currently budgeted for these program activities ought to be redirected by the NOACA board for furtherance of transportation investments in accordance with regional priorities already established by the board. So the Medina County of Commissioners have stood up to NOACA and said, knock off this nonsense of developing a climate action plan because it's not needed. It's not within our authority to dictate to local governments. And they expressed in their letter that NOACA was established to allow local control over these things. NOACA was just the governing board that distributed the money and gave money to, you know, different to different cities on road projects and all of that. And that's what NOACA was there for and not to d- dictate to local governments that you have to develop, you know, you have to abide by this climate action plan. So the, I'm, you know, as a Medina County resident, it makes me happy that my county commissioners are standing up to NOACA. I don't think Cuyahoga County is going to follow well, suit, though. Well, Dakota, interesting enough, except for Cuyahoga County, all the uh, members of NOACA surrounding Cuyahoga County, Lorraine County, <coughs> Lake, Lake County, County Geauga County, County and Medina County. And Medina. All of them have majority Republican county commissioners. And if I'm not mistaken, I think all those counties have all three county commissioners are Republicans. So where is Lake County? Where is Lorraine County? Where is Geauga County? Uh, tell- Hopefully they will follow suit. I'm hoping. I'm not I'm not holding my breath, but I'm hoping. And interesting enough, again, uh, back to uh, Medina County friends and neighbors, they had the county commissioner from Medina speaking there, and somebody brought up the point uh, indicating that if they would drop out of NOACA, they would still need to be part of some kind of, according to state law, they still need to be part of some kind of coordinating agency for roads and bridges yeah. and that kind. So I guess they could develop their own. But the problem is, is under state law that the coordinating agencies have to, the counties have to be touching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think Medina and Lorraine County could form one, uh, probably bring in uh, Ashland County or Richland County, bring in t- them into the fold um, if they're not already part of one. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, and on the east side, they could do uh, Lake, uh, Geauga, Ashtabula, yeah. Portage. So have two separates and... And Cuyahoga County is going to do their own thing anyhow. They're they could probably do one with Summit. Yeah. Is that the Socialist Republic of Cuyahoga County? Yeah, and the uh, Socialist Republic of Su- Summit, Summit County. County. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of options. But the first thing is uh, our elected representative, Steve, and you were elected representative one time, they need to stand up to the elected bureaucrat, unelected bureaucrats. The bureaucrats are there to implement things that the legislature passes. They're not there to create policy to make our life more burdensome, to go above and beyond the expectations of the legislation. You know, my question to them is, where do you people come from and what's the matter with you? So we, we did get a message from one of our listeners mm-hmm. uh, from Lakewood where there's a picture of the Lakewood mayor, who is a board member of NOACA, using her gas-powered lawnmower, drive, and she drives two medium-sized gas SUVs, those gas-guzzler SUVs, 
and so, you know, the, we, we got hypocrites. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Lakewood was one of the uh, cities that developed their own climate action plan for the city, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, Lakewood... They're just using gas out there, you know. Just you, you, you mean she's not taking the bus? No, she, I don't think she's riding her bike. No, no, riding no, your bike? No, no, no. You're missing the point. The rules are for thee and not for me. Ah, you know these. They don't abide. This is the uh, and I've all, I've said this many many times. It's really the dark ages. We're going back to the dark ages where you've got lords and uh kings and you have they own all the land and we're all the serfs and we get to work on the land and maybe keep the breadcrumbs that fall off i mean you know when you say living high on the hog do you know what that saying come from that means the landowner the lord he gets the best parts of the my hog. liege my liege yes the and, liege lord. and you're getting the 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 knuckles the ribs or the the chicken wings which we all toast that as great food. That was the scraps. Mm. That was the leftover. And we're heading back to that at a rapid fashion right now here in America, thanks to uh, bumbling Biden. Right now, now we touched a nerve. Our phone lines are lighting up about Noaka. We have Mark from Bay Village, uh, probably our last caller since we have about four minutes left. Uh, Mark, uh, good morning and welcome to Always Right Radio with the Monday Night Roundtable team. Hey, thanks very much. I participated, along with about 50 to 100 other people, last year, a meeting that NOACA ran out at Lorraine Community College, and they were presenting their proposed uh, climate action program. And I would say 95% of the people in the audience said this is a lot of waste of time. This is not what we want. This is a waste of community. It was total, total, total. Everybody... Almost everybody in the audience was against what Noaka was trying to sell to to those of us at the Lorraine Community College. Yeah, yeah we, we were at that event also. We uh, we did you know, the uh, one in Cuyahoga County. At, uh, at the uh, uh, Jerry Sue Thornton Center at Cuyahoga County. One of my questions was, because they had you posting questions to the board, you know, you'd send it in. My question was, who the hell is Jerry Sue Thornton? So. We didn't really take the whole, whole event too seriously. I don't think anybody and took no that event. except the bureaucrats with their frowns on their faces as they're pulling down $100,000-plus salaries, and we're supposed to genuflect to them, give up our rights, say, oh, yes, my liege, I'm just uh, you know a chump, and you're the the great mind in the wisdom. My, my question is, is I, I, I did see in the letter that NOACA is paying a, a consulting agency to develop this climate action plan. Is how many how much are these consultants getting paid by public tax dollars? Oh, I bet a lot of money because we know from these consultancies that they do for the DIE, the DEI uh, events and speeches and books. They're making multi millions of dollars. I'm sure, and you know that's probably you know money that could be used for roads and bridges, but apparently mm-hmm. NOACA sees better use in a, developing a climate action plan. Yeah, and, and we hope our friends in uh, Lorraine County, Mark, you're in, uh, the, almost near uh, Lorraine County, but our friends in Lorraine County should call their county commissioners and say, "Hey, we have a Republican majority. Follow the 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 example of Medina County. Get out a letter. Get out a cease and desist. Tell them to go back." Because we have plenty of roads and bridges that are need, needing lots of fixing. They should focus on that, not on a half-assed climate action plan that is ridiculous. It's a waste of money. It empowers bureaucrats. 
on and on and on. Hey, Mark, thanks for that hey. call. Uh, as, again, we have a few minutes left. We have some phone calls. Uh, they, they seem to be coming and dropping hey, off. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark. Um, again, uh, we want to thank Bob for allowing us to host. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be Khalid Namar. He's, like I said, he's all, he has some great information and great insight. And again, we ask people to tune in to uh, Monday Night Roundtable. We're on Sister Station 1220. On Monday night. On Monday night. Cleverly named. Mm-hmm. And Dakota, what is, what is that? WHKW, the word? Correct. WHKW, the word. And you can also find us on, because we live stream. Yes, we live stream on Facebook. On uh, Just look up Monday Night Roundtable or our username, WHKW.MNRT, uh, mm-hmm. that Facebook.com. And then you just do forward slash and look up our username. You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at uh, BlueHeronMedia.us. So there's uh, different ways that you can listen in to Monday Night Roundtable uh, and the word Cleveland.com. You could always listen in online on your mobile device or on your computer. Uh, and, and Steve, go ahead. And I would like to say, if you have a story, you have something that you think we need to be talking about, call in and let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've uh, uncovered quite a few stories, uh, uh, child trafficking in Cleveland. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.